2: If Florida's defense is going to rebound from a disappointing 2020, this group's going to have to come together much better than they did last season. We'll hear from Todd Grantham, Kyrie Elam, and Mahmoud Diabate, and what they had to say about the defense's growth and how certain players are helping in the process. That's coming up next here on Gators Breakdown. Support for this episode comes from Manscaped. They just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with code GATORSBREAK at Manscaped.com. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Joining you right here on a Sunday night. Look, fall camp has started. We're going to get more news. We have plenty to talk about, so we'll get more episodes of Gators Breakdown in when we can, of course. With fall camp in full swing and uh, plenty, plenty to discuss here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. The defensive side of the ball met with the media on Friday. So we'll hear from that side of the ball here on this episode of Gators Breakdown and some big news in the, the transfer world. Uh, not really a surprise, though, of course. We've heard about it for a few weeks now, but Texas A&M defensive back Elijah Blaze transfer, transferring to Florida of course. So, uh, big news there, but it is official now. He had put it out there on his Instagram, I believe, that he is going to be transferring to the University of Florida. Also, since we're talking defense, I was going to do this episode anyway, not um, because of some news that has been coming out today on this Sunday, and I've gotten uh, hounded with questions of of course about it all and um, some unfortunate news uh, of course, and defensive back Jadon Hill Looks to have went down with an injury on this Sunday morning, the third fall camp practice. Um, severity, nothing's official, uh, of course, but that is the word that is out there from plenty of sources. Plenty of sources I trust, one I really, really trust <laughs> that I, I know would know. Um, it's out there. Uh, you know, wasn't sure I was going to really put it out there or not, but it's it's too far gone out there in the social media world, message board world. Uh, it is out there. So, uh, of course, you know, that's part of the game. Injuries happen. Uh, but Jadon Hill, defensive back for the Gators. We got to hear from him at uh, media uh, Gators Media Day, the day before fall camp started, last Thursday. He got to talk to the media. He was really looking forward to, you know, being in that second cornerback role opposite Kyrie Elam and that challenge that it is, being that second cornerback opposite of a superstar. You're going to get targeted. He was embracing that role. Of course, he hurt his knee in high school. The Gator stuck with him uh, through that. He committed to Florida, and this was going to be the year he was going to break out. But the uh, the word out there is uh, Jadon Hill goes down with an injury. We'll see. We'll see how severe it is. Hopefully, it's not all that bad. I know that the fear is that it is. Uh, so we'll hear, hopefully, sometime soon uh, the, the official word from Florida. Hopefully, hopefully it's not true, <laughs> but uh, I, I have a feeling that it is. Um, knowing uh, how how much it's out there and who's putting it out there as well. So, you know, we'll we'll see where that goes. Uh, Probably some tests have to be run to see how severe it is uh, and and looking at that. So, you know, if it is speedy recovery from him, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. But nothing confirmed as of yet of how severe or what it is, Uh, you know, of course, knee injury, you're probably looking at ACL, MCL, anything like that. So we'll hopefully, you know, if there is a tear or if it's just something, maybe it looks scary, but hopefully not as bad as maybe initially thought. That's where we'll go with it. But uh unfortunate, of course, and we'll see where it goes. But plenty of other defensive talk here on this episode to get his breakdown. A lot to look forward to Um when you look at that side of the ball, of course, and all the improvement that needs to be Put on that side of the ball, the emphasis that needs to be put on that side of the ball. The coaches know it, the players know it. You're going to hear that uh, here from Mahmoud Diabate, Kyrie Elam, and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. As I said, they spoke to the media on Friday, so plenty to dissect there. That's what we're going to do here on this episode to get a breakdown. Uh, Rave reviews so far of being able to put the coaches' sound, the players' sound uh, in the interviews. A lot of work on my end, but you guys love it. I'm going to keep putting it out there. It gives some good talking points. gives some good back and forth uh, between uh, what they have to say and you know how I can follow it up. So it's uh, it, I'll keep it coming. I'll, I'll keep it coming. I don't mind the work there. Uh, if you guys enjoy it, it, it will be uh, plenty of it. Will be out there uh, to, to be had. So all right, we'll start with Todd Grantham, Kair Elam, and um, looking forward to having the normal routine. Uh, you know not a COVID year and what that means for the development of the defense. But credit to those guys, you know, they're building on last year not using COVID as a full excuse for what we saw last year on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And then they also go into uh, what Todd Grantham does. He goes into the importance of the front seven, how important they will be creating turnovers and coming together as a unit
3: on defense. There's still always things you got to work on to improve, and be the kind of team for the vision that we have. And when you kind of start thinking about that things, you you really, first of all, you talk about the front seven. And you know, this is a line of scrimmage game. So you've gotta be able to play with a certain stoutness, set the edge, build a wall. So when you look at that, first of all, we were able to add two grad transfers in uh, Daquan and uh, Antonio. So those guys give us some veterans that have some snaps, that have some stoutness. Then, when you start looking at guys like Javon, Dante, Jalen, uh, guys that really, honestly got their reps in, in, in games, and you know they're more mature now. Um, they've been able to develop. So you've got a group that you've added a couple veteran guys and some younger guys have been able to get some some work. Um, so now your ability to set the edge and build the wall should be where you want it. Then. Secondly, when you look at it, you you really talk about, you know, we've always been high in turnovers. You want to make plays on the ball. And when you talk about making plays on the ball, first of all, it's about being in position to make the play. And then as opportunities present themselves through the game, uh, being able to go make those plays. So, you know, we want to work on that. And then lastly, I think the thing that you hit on, it's really important, to me is is um in our team is I really do love the attitude of our players and the vision they have for the kind of team we want to be and I think that comes from your ability to have like for example we had a full team defensive unit meeting last night okay so therefore you can you can define things as a unit you can show examples so as we go through training camp and training camp is going to be a grind um you know the the D line can see Guys in the back end making plays, well, that's a respect factor because you point it out to them in a, in a meeting. You can see guys up front making plays. Well, then the, the corners and the off the ball players get to see that. So there becomes a, a respect factor. Then you get to show plays that, hey, we got to improve upon to be the kind of team we want to be. And, um, you know, we need to work on that. So in my opinion, you know, every player has a value. Okay, I think the biggest thing with being able to be where we are now is we can improve our synergy. And, and that allows you to become a little bit more valuable as a unit as opposed to your individual play.
0: Other people didn't have an offseason in the spring, so we can't use that as an excuse. I feel like we, um, like having a, having a, a, a spring and a training camp this year. Is a full training camp this year. We had a training camp, but not a full training camp. I feel like that's very uh, needed and important for us to, you know, be on the same page. I feel like last year we looked a little, you know, out of whack, uh, not communicating like we should, and not everyone on the same page. So I feel like this year, hopefully, we can clean that up um, so we can do everything we need to to win every single game and come every single week. We can get better.
2: There we go. A big takeaway keyword there from Todd Grantham was synergy. We we, we got to look that up. You know, we got to we, we got to put out there what that means. And you know, good thing and it's a good thing if if it can happen here. Synergy: the interactional cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Go back to SEC media days. What did we hear Dan Mullen say? Independent contractors on defense. You're going to hear me say that a lot. we <laughs> talking about this defense and and, re, and, and going back and, and Dan Mullen's comments on, on that. And that's what Todd Grantham is saying, too. And, and Kyrie Lim, in a way, too. You've got to come together, You've got to come together and communicate, You've got to come together as a team. You can't have these independent contractors on the field. Those so You're not going to come together as a defense. And I like Grantham saying, look, in the meetings, we can show, hey, look, this is what the defensive front seven did to help you guys out there in the back end. And this is what the guys do in the back end to help you guys up front. You know, it's a synergy. It it goes together. So uh, there was none of that last year. There was very little of that last year, as we know. We saw all the miscommunications. We saw um, players not being able to hand the defender off uh, from one to another. It was was bad. There was no synergy last year. And that's probably going to be a a key word, a key factor, a key key factor that's going to just be honed in over and over again from this coaching staff to these players of look, you've got to come together. We, we have got to come together. We, Mullen said last week, you know, it's on the coaches and the players uh, and, you know, communication from the sideline to the field. And when you're on the field, the communication between all the the 11 players on the, on the field, you know, this energy has to come together. So that, that was the key word. That's a big key pig. Big key takeaway there uh, from Todd Grantham and talking about the goals of this defense and improving from 2020 to 2021. Uh, and look, he brought up the the, the front seven. I'm going to get into that a little bit later because it's not the only time we'll talk about the front seven uh, in, in in this episode here and what the players are, are saying about the front seven uh, as well. Plenty to discuss there, but, you know, Todd Grantham brings – brings up creating turnovers. And that was not a very strong suit uh, of the Gators last year, something they've been able to do in 2018 and 2019. Uh, and just it didn't rear its head uh, there in 2020. Uh, just one more thing you could point to on that defense that has to get better. So I think, you know, these things Todd Grantham comes up and, and, and says, I think those are the things you, you know they can work on. And I think what he likes about this defense. So he brought up the front seven on his own and the two transfers and what they can bring to the table. And creating turnovers and coming together as a unit on defense. So those are the things now. You can kind of see the message that was probably implemented in the spring and what they can, you know, take from that and use as a pedestal to go into fall. And that's what this defense is going to be working on. That's what they need to be working on. And, uh, you know, you go from there and and take your chances uh, with those messages going into going into the season. But you've got to hit home those messages. And uh, it can't be all talk. You know, right now, this is what we're going to get. We're going to get all talk and everything's going to sound good and rosy. But then when the season starts, this is everything that we are discussing right now. That's what we have to see when Florida lines up game one versus FAU in a few weeks. So, you know, talk is all good right now. We know that we know that's the message. But that doesn't mean it's going to be implemented or implemented the right way. I mean, we we won't know that till the Gators kick off in just a few weeks when they hit the field. So, now one player that was featured from Todd Grantham, he was asked about him, and taking the next steps of his development is one Gervon Dexter. And uh, Todd Grantham had a, a a lot to say about him and his development of his game.
3: He's probably a guy that with spring practice and development can understand, yeah, I'm getting blocked, but what does the block mean? You know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's certain kinds of blocks, but – Couple things. Number one, formations tell you what's happening a lot. Um, Backfield sets tell you what's happening a lot. Stances tell you what happens a lot. So sometimes when you're just worried about where I got to be and hey, what's my gap, then maybe I don't play to my level of physicality because I'm trying to feel things.
2: There we go. Can you play to your physicality? uh, And look, the way you play to your physicality. With a player like Gervon Dexter, is to get experience and you know start where you and you where you have to be based and and what knowing what you're doing, you know and you have to get that the understanding of why is his next step and that, that that's it for Gervon Dexter. You know you have to understand what you're doing and I'm not sure he as a freshman he got that last year. Uh, he, he was thrown into the defensive tackle rotation because he needed to be. Uh, and he performed well for 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 a true freshman, but it's asking a lot for a true freshman to come in in a COVID year, playing in the trenches of the SEC and to low and to know every little nuance that it takes in playing a position. Uh, and that's that's asking probably too much when you go back and look at it. Uh, but he gets that chance this year, and he should help. I mean, that should help prepare him uh, for the next step in his career. Is taking all this development time. Uh, since spring and, and coming into now and getting getting in there with nick savage i mean just imagine a true freshman coming in and say all right, well, right you're not going to go uh work out in our workout program that every other player has got gotten used to in the last few years uh, and you got to learn a defense through uh, zoom meetings and all that till you hit fall camp i mean for a lot uh, for a true freshman that would needed to be counted on that's a lot uh, that, that's so he gets that chance this year you know i, I can I can forgive a player in his position for you know for struggling in that scenario at, at times last year. Experienced players were hurt too, but not as much as a true freshman coming in and, and having to learn in that difficult setting. There wasn't much time for teachable moments, and, and now with the teaching, he can just go ahead and play much faster. He he knows what to do now. He knows what to look for. He knows what to look for in how an offensive lineman sets up. And as talking about them, saying what's what what the how those running backs are lining up where they're lining up a lot of those things give you keys give you give you ideas of what an offense is going to do you think Griffin Dexter was getting a chance to learn that last year no he, he wasn't he was going out there and just having to go make plays and so you know now it's just not hey go down there get in the three-point stance and go bull rush somebody no now you're knowing why and when you need to do that uh, and what to look for and if you if that's what you need to do at least that's. A key of what you need to do, but if you need to hang back and, and eat a block or, or something like that, you'll you'll know you'll know that your role in the defense. The more you learn now, so you know those those are things for you know going back to last year that I, I do think held some weight. Uh, as we said, you know the, the experienced players were having trouble last year in that. Imagine a true freshman having to go through that as well uh, and having to learn on the fly. Uh, especially on the defensive line in the SEC. It's not easy. It's not easy out there. And he got thrusted in there. You know, if Kyrie Campbell had been um, able to go at the beginning of last year, maybe, you know, Gervin Dexter just kind of gets used to the role. Granted, he's a five-star defensive tackle, one of the top players in the class last year. But given the circumstances of that year, he got thrusted in there he wouldn't have had to get thrusted in there if you know if if Kyrie Campbell's in there he could have just worked his way in a little bit get got his feet wet but no Florida needed him to show up and play and as a true freshman in that situation he did admirably. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gervin Dexter looking for him to take some big steps here in his next season. One more player I think we've just uh that was featured and we've just kind of been wondering about there's been so and I did a special episode on him a few weeks ago but we've wondered where Juco transferred to one Blackwood lineup and and Grantham he really uh gave a lot
3: in kind of how he'd be used and share uh his role in the defense first of all the one's a guy that's got high energy um really good athlete can run and he'll be an off the ball player for us he'll be an off the ball player that'll play multiple things
2: there we go. Multiple things. Off the ball player. Off the ball means he's going to be in coverage more from the linebacker spot. And look, that's welcome news. That should be welcome news to Gator Nation. That's an area where the linebackers have struggled, struggled since Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham have come in, since Todd Grantham's been the defensive coordinator. Linebackers that just have not been able to keep up in the passing game. Pretty good in run coverage. You've had David Reese being able to. To, to, to stuff run holes and be a tackling machine. Ventrell Miller's got the tackling numbers as well, but liabilities in the pass coverage. And so it's welcome news there. you know, using for a player like DeWan Black, being able to use his athletic, less athleticism as a backer, not not and not being a run stuffer so much. You don't really want him uh, doing that. You want him moving around in coverage, you know, floating toward the middle of the field, clean up in the run game, you know, being involved in the run game, but you're not going to be the guy First, in there, you know, sticking your head in there and trying to stop an opposing running back. That's not going to be his role so much. Uh, but also, Todd Grantham mentions interested, uh, and I'm interested in this part, you know, the multiple roles. What are the multiple roles the one Black's going to be part of? Star to me is one of them. He's going to be playing Star a bit too. You know, hopefully, paying. And hopefully those playing multiple roles won't be too much on the one Black. I don't think it is. He's very athletic, very versatile type of player. Uh, but with this, with him being multiple, this is the way he stays on the field. You know, And this is one less player running off the field to be substituted and because the opposing offense switch, switches personnel. No, one Black can stay on the field. And if he needs to play linebacker, he can play linebacker. If he needs to play star, he can play star. You're not going to be – you're not going to take him off the field having to rush somebody else out there. They're not getting lined up in time, and there's an easy play for the offense. No, the one black can stay on the field being this multiple type of player uh, there. So, you know, it's an off-the-ball type of linebacker is what we uh, are looking looking to get uh, from 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 the one black uh, role in the star position as well, I think. So, pretty good fit there for what he's done uh, there. Like I said, when uh, he posted um, – that's a month, month and a half ago of the positions he'll be playing. And I think he took it down on Twitter. I'm not sure the coaching staff for him to put it out there, or maybe uh, you know, we'll see. But he said money backer in uh, nickel star so pretty much what we're getting here from, from the one black uh, but I had to ask Todd Grantham I mean, that was a question that come from me there because uh, we, we had to get some confirmation we had to know where one of Gator Nation's favorite play without even playing a down so far has been one of Gator Nation's favorite players so far for this 2021 season and he's always got a smile on the stage you're watching the workouts and he's Pretty much the only guy out there smiling, and you know he's done the work to, to get to Gainesville, uh, a, a lot, a lot of work. You know, had to go JUCO because uh, he had to get his grades up. Got his grades up. Wasn't able to play football last year because there was no JUCO football. So there's not a lot of mileage on the one black either. I mean, you know, he didn't play his senior year of football. So I mean, if there's one worry about the one black, he's only played one season of JUCO uh, football in the last three seasons of football. Um, so, but there's not a lot of mileage on him either. So I think you can kind of take that take that two ways uh, for for the one black and what he brings to the table uh, for this Gator defense. And man, that's one player I, I, I'm definitely ready to see, ready to see get out there. And he's for him too. I mean, it's, it's going to be a special moment him running out of that tunnel the first game of the season. All right, guys, support for the Gators breakdown podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the La 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free shipping using the code GATORSBREAK. At Manscaped.com, sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving time an easy time. I have and have used Lawnmower 3.0, but I'm blown away by the performance of the 4.0. The build and the details are next level. Simply, it's smoother, it's faster, it's better. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. No worries shaving below the waist with this thing. The new multi-function on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. And you guys know I like to travel, so that travel lock is a must to make sure it's working when I get to my destination. This upgraded trimmer also gives you the ability to turn, and, turn on an LED spotlight when it's needed for more precise shave. And did I mention wireless charging? The Lawnmower more 4.0 new wireless charging system can help battery length last longer. Take your time, fellas. Manscaped has you covered. And let me be honest, you don't want to shave your face and your body with the same trimmer. You're just doing it wrong when you're doing it like that. So, hey, single guys out there, impress your next. You married guys out there, impress the one you have with the lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% 20 off and free shipping with code GATORSBREAK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use code GATORSBREAK. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. All right, let's keep this episode going. And moving on with Mamu Diabate. And I think he's probably one of my favorite players to to follow. He's one player on this defense I'm expecting a huge jump from, and more so a huge jump from the beginning of 2020 to the beginning of 2021. The end of 2020, you could see him getting more comfortable in that linebacker role. And, look, that's what he talks about here and uh, the complications. Look, when you start adding these things together that we are hearing about this defense, you can see why there were so many problems last year. Excuses, no. Even like Kyrie said, not an excuse, but you can see the reasons why. And, you know, Mamoudi Abate talks about his transition from playing –
1: you're more of an outside backer to a linebacker role. At the end of the season, I might have been like two ten, honestly, after all those games, and then right now I'm standing here at like two twenty seven. So I'm trying to get about three more pounds, get to two thirty. So that'd be like twenty pounds, fifteen pounds in the off season. So I feel like you know, I've always been a good like the last two years, I've been able to you know have a good a big impact for my team. You know, make big plays, and I feel like with this added weight and this added and with the weight, I'm even faster. So with all that. I feel like, you know, it's time. I felt like a lot of people, except for my coaches, don't understand, you know, how hard it is from just straight going off the ball and, and trying to get the quarterback to, okay, now you have to pass off routes, now you have to backpedal, back I never had to backpedal before. So just being comfortable, getting used to seeing things, you know, like they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. so things go bad you learn from them you learn how to you know you learn very quickly so by the time I got to the last game of the season I was comfortable and then with the spring and then this camp you know it's time like I said
2: it's time he's right it's time and look, I, I, I love he was, I love the honesty there from Amu Bate about how hard the transition was but even look at that I mean he was playing linebacker at 210 last year and he wants to be 230 this year. That lets you know the you know the, the physicality it plays to, to play linebacker and the size that he feels comfortable at playing that role at. He played a year at that position, and now he feels like he needs to be about 20 pounds heavier than what he ended last season with. Look, and that's one step into transition. That just wasn't easy. Uh, and you can bet he was supposed to be bigger last year. But without getting savage for a year, you know it was harder to bulk up. And look, these these players got savage, but more in a virtual setting. And you know Savage didn't have his eyes on these guys like he did this past these past few months. Now, now they get that. And now DeBate, I think he said he was at two twenty seven. He wants to play at two thirty. I mean, there we go. I mean, now you can see, like as I said, you can start adding things up just a little bit of why maybe some players struggled and maybe the defense as a whole struggled. You know, and Grantham said, you know, when you talk about the front seven from last year, one of the unknown stories was Diabate and his improvement from game one to the end of the year. He was playing outside backer and they talked to him. They wanted to move him to linebacker. And I love this. It may not have paid off in 2020, but you know, Diabate should have been on the field. And this was to get the best 11 on the field. So, with Brenton Cox playing outside, Zachary Carter playing outside, you know, can, can play outside defensive end with his hand in the dirt mostly, Jeremiah Moon, he was healthy as well. They wanted those guys to play. They didn't want Dibate on the bench. So, they wanted to put him there at linebacker uh, so he could help out there. He's one of the best 11 defenders Florida has. And Florida was trying to find a way to get him on the field. There was going to be a learning curve. And with 2020 in the, in the COVID season, you do a – a, a, a position change like that learning curve, probably a little bit more than what you were expecting. Not that easy of a transition there. And you know, Grantham said, look, things happen quicker there. And to his credit, he came to work every day. He came prepared. As you watch through the season, he became a good player. So basically everything I said about Gervon Dexter earlier is apply the same thought to Diabate. Yes, he had a, a year of experience before that, but none of it, none of it was playing linebacker and you heard Diabate say it himself. He's never backpedaled before in his career until last year. So, of course, there's going to be a learning curve. Of course, there's going to be some rough patches, especially early in the season. And you saw it early in the season of, you know, linebacker play. Amari or, or Bernie was getting uh, beat a little bit. That's when you started to see Diabate a little bit more. And you saw that learning curve there from Diabate. But that learning curve, those mistakes were getting less and, you were getting less, and less every week. DeBate was a pretty good linebacker by the time end of the season rolled around. Uh, There, yes, he struggled a little bit versus Alabama. Uh, He even mentioned that himself when Najee Harris crosses him. Najee Harris did that to almost everybody. So I'm not knocking Mamu Diabate for having – and he played good in that Alabama game in spots as well. So it's not like he had a whole entire bad game toward the end of the year versus Alabama. He did some good things in that game as well. Uh, but even though he's using that as a point of uh, correction, uh, going back and looking at things, he can do better. He says he uses that as motivation. A play like that versus Najee Harris in the SEC championship game. In Florida, I, and if I'm not mistaken, that play happened when Florida was – had made the comeback already, and it was a pretty tight game uh, when, you, when you go back and look at it. And he thinks about that play a lot, it uses his motivation uh, there. So, you know, good things for Mambo Diabate there uh, and his transition from, you know, a freshman playing outside linebacker to only his second year in playing the position he's never played before at linebacker. This next one I really like. You know, Diabate talks a little bit about the defensive line transfers. Uh, there's you know, DaQuan Newkirk, Antonio Valentino, they're in front of him, and how it affects the
1: linebacker play. Yeah, that's another thing people don't realize. We didn't, we we didn't, we didn't have the luxury of having them two big boys in front of us last year. So me and Ventrell, Bernie, Tyrone Hopper, when we when we're not able to free flow freely and use our speed to our advantage, and not have to worry about getting off a block every run then you guys will be able to easily see the, the improvement in our, in our play for sure. And I'm, I'm very happy our coaches was able to get those two because they're going to be a big piece of our defense. Big piece, big piece of the defense there.
2: And agree with him, you know. And I got to go back and also mention what what Todd had quickly had to say uh, about those two guys and mention those two guys, those two transfers, in the same breath as transfer Jonathan Gernard and the type of impact they could bring to the table. The impact that they could have as veteran players, show the work ethic it takes, and the leadership that they bring. He was comparing those two guys to Jonathan Grenard in, 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 in that regard. So, man, if we get anything close to that, then we have gotten two really good guys. <laughs> and Florida's defensive front is going to be dominating. If you get anything close to the production, Jonathan Grenard uh, brought on the field and off the field uh, there. So leadership. A big part of it. Jonathan Grenard provided that in just his one single season uh, here uh, in Gainesville. High praise there for Todd Grantham of, for these uh, Valentino and, and Newkirk. Uh, says they're both motivated, high character guys. Uh, and I like what Grantham said too, you know, that they, they have pass rush abilities and they can get off blocks. So they're not just run stuffing defensive tackles, they are a threat in, uh, in, in pass defense and rushing the quarterback as well. Um, and you said, he says, when you look at how they play box and how they are physical and rush to passer, a lot of similarities between the two guys themselves uh, and help the linebackers. You know, good defensive tackles, guys. You know, they're capable They're capable of taking on multiple blockers at once, jamming up the middle of a play, and keeping the offensive line off the linebackers. You've heard Will and I talk about it a whole lot these last few months and talking in, of improvement on this defense. That's probably going to be the biggest. They're, Talk about that word synergy. This is what Todd Grantham was talking about there. If you get the better defensive line play, you're going to see better linebacker play at the same time. If you see better defensive line play, you're going to see better quarterback cornerback play at the same time. So there we go. That's what we're talking about. So, but just just specifically here and talking about rush defense, where Florida struggled a bit last year. You go back to that Texas A&M game. Um, that's where Florida lost that game. Was in r- rush defense, and they, they they could not stop Texas A&M's offensive line from getting to the second level and just eating up the Florida linebackers. That's what these two guys were brought in here to do: is to stop games like that. So it's interesting to hear that you know, Diabate admit that they didn't have that last year with with Slayton, Campbell, and, and Dexter to a degree. But you, you guys, you know. I stated earlier why Dexter may not have been the best player to be counted only and or criticized uh, for, for that. He's, he was learning on the job uh, last year. But Slayton, Campbell, they, they should have been able to help there, help more there. And Campbell wasn't on the field uh, for, for some games. And now you see the importance of getting Dexter some help there. Uh, so he's not the only one providing that type of play. And now you have other defensive tackles, Jalen Lee, Jalen Humphries, Lamar Goods. They need to come along and start making a role for themselves, but now they don't have to do so just because they're bodies and they need to go out there and play just because they're a body and Florida has no depth. Florida got these two guys. They have depth now. So now when Jalen Lee, Jalen Humphries, Lamar Goods, Gervin Dexter come in, they're in. They're playing fresh, and, and now they they can play at a pace to develop as well. So these two guys uh, were instrumental. Florida had to have these two guys and Dan Mullins were wonders in the transfer portal. We'll talk about it again later on with Elijah Blades, but two more guys here from the transfer portal that are just going to be um, stalwarts on that defensive line. And they need to be uh, stalwarts on that defensive line. And uh, hopefully, you know, players that uh, if what Todd Grantham said, uh, look, I can only play so many sound bites before, you know, <laughs> before getting penalized from Florida. So that's why I have to kind of just say what Todd Grantham said about these two guys, but, Comparing them to Jonathan Gennard, it's a high praise. And if they're anything like that, Florida's got two special guys right there. So, one more thought uh, from Mamoudi Abate, And just, uh, just listen to what he has to say about uh, one uh, linebacker in Tyron Hopper.
1: Hop ready. Hop just got to, you know, it's that time. That's my brother. That's eleven twenty eight. So, Tyron Hopper, he's going to be – He's ready, he, he's matured, he, he, he has the physical tools, the mental tools. So now it's just about coming through camp every day and getting better to really show the world what he's about. Because Hopper is really like that and quote me on that. Quote him on that, let's go, let's go. That's, a, that's one player we've been
2: wanting to see at that linebacker position. And there you have it, high praise for Tyron Hopper. And look, this is a guy, we, every time we've seen him, he flashes athleticism. You see him on the field, you see it, you see it out there. And by all accounts, if you guys go back there and listen, and if you remember what we talked about in the spring, he was one of, if not the best player this past spring. And as Diabate said, you know he needs he needs to come ready to play and contribute day in and day out, and he'll see the field. Year three, it's time to contribute. He had a hard time getting into the COVID season last year to begin with. Was behind the eight ball. He had some work to do off the field uh, to get on the field. Hopper's gonna be that guy, and he needs to, you know, of course, continue that spring needed to be a launching point for a player like Tyron Hopper. You know, we've heard your name. We've heard all the athleticism. We heard a force that you could be at linebacker. You know, now it for, it's, it's time to see it. It's time to see it. It's, uh, you know, now is the time not to be a name, but to go make a name for yourself. And that's what we need from Tyron Hopper. Spring seemed to go well. and uh, Let's hope that trend continues this fall when he's on the field. And If he is, that Gators defense is going to have some players on it. I mean, I, look, guys, we, we've talked about the way Florida has recruited. You go look at the stars on Florida's team. If you're, if you're into the recruiting rankings, most of those stars are on defense. So it is time. It, it's time uh, to, to step up. You know, we'll see. You know, the coaching side of it. Hopefully, that's up to par as well. But if the coaching side is up to par, these players are up to par, and they live up to their the ability that we think they have. This defense can be special. This defense can be really special. So. I got to give a shout out to uh, some Gators Breakdown Plus members here. Southern Gator says, man, uh, he, he went back and watched all of Diabate's interview, the full interview. So he goes, I just watched Diabate's interview and I'm drinking the Kool Aid, except this defense. And I expect this defense to be much better. I'm so ready. So thank you, Scott, uh, for that uh, comment. And Levi Deese in the Gators Breakdown chat responded, pour me another glass too. So there we go. Drinking the Diabate Kool Aid, drinking the defense Kool Aid. I probably am a little bit too right now, and <laughs> listening to uh, you know what what these players and coaches had to say about you know some of the players on defense. Yeah, you know, ready to go just a little bit uh, there. Speaking of Gators Breakdown Plus, I'm going to extend this episode uh, a bit for some Gators Breakdown Plus for the Gators Breakdown Plus members. Some thoughts that were sent my way uh, from Gators Breakdown Plus. We'll keep the theme here of the defense, uh, of course. So, guys, if you're not a member yet of Gators Breakdown Plus, you want some extra content. Go sign up at GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.fm. You can Google Gators Breakdown Plus, too, and you can find it uh, that way. But, is hey, look, if we get closer to the season, there's going to be even more content on Gators Breakdown Plus. So, of course, of course, go ahead, sign up, get some extra benefits right now. When the season gets here, you can best bet Gators Breakdown Plus is going to be the place to be along here with Gators Breakdown. All right, let's get to the last player that we get to speak to on Friday, and that is Kyrie Elam and creating a bond in the secondary. Of course, that's something that needs to be done. We saw all the miscommunication mostly there last year uh, for the skaters' defense and on him becoming a leader as well uh, to get the defense back where we expect it to be. uh, And also, Elam hits what he can improve on.
0: Young and exciting group, I feel like. Last year was last year. I feel like this year we're just trying to build on being a better team each and every practice and each and every week. Um, I feel like, I mean, there's always a lot of room for improvement, but I feel like I love the energy. and I love the the bond from this year compared to last year. Me and Tradine have, like, tried to make sure everybody's on the same page. We're all bonding. We're all doing extra work, more than what's expected. So we're trying to bring back DBU. Like, we, it's not just a... just uh, just a saying like we actually trying to prove it to people every single game and every single practice like if you come see us practice like we make sure like we stand on everybody and we want people to stay on us if we slacking so you know just trying to install that mindset like okay we're not the gator standard we're not a top five defense and that's just that's just that I just feel like I've put in so much work I just got to go out there and be more consistent. Honestly, I can, be, I can have like dominant plays on film, and then I might have just a horrible play. So I just being more consistent and just being who, I, being who I'm supposed to be. So I feel like nobody better than me. I feel like so I'm supposed to dominate every single play and every single game.
2: Good stuff there from Kyrie. I and mean, the realization of, uh, of what it takes and the realization that it wasn't good last year. Uh, and the reasons why, and communication, being on the same page. And, look, him, he wants to be more consistent. A, a lockdown corner, and that comes with a lot of expectations, being a lockdown corner. Uh, look, he, he he and Derek Stingley are, are thought to be two of the best corners in the country, and they played on two of the worst pass defenses in the country last season. So add that up. But, you know, we're just another – weirdness of 2020, Uh, but it lets you know that the reputation someone like Elam has, not to be overlooked because of how bad the rest of the past defense played. Can he play better? Absolutely. He even said it. But, you know, there comes a lot of expectation. He needs to be that lockdown corner, and a lot of expectation comes with that, and he looks like he's ready to handle that role. Um, You know, he's not the raw, raw, you know, in-your-face defensive back talker that we've seen at Florida before. And like you see with a lot of high-profile DBs, he's kind of a quiet demeanor, go about his business, I'm looking going to get the job done. And this is what Kyrie LeMis, you're not going to hear a whole lot of um, it just the uh, – especially in the NFL ranks, but you see it in college too. There's a lot of a, a disrespect that comes from the defensive back position. Look, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of swagger to, to play that position. As I know, you know, wide receivers like to talk as well. So you're always seeing wide receivers and DBs uh, jaw back and forth. But, you know, Kyrie Adams that uh, I think more of a, a lead by example uh, type when you, when you look at him. So maybe more of a vocal side too is maybe the, uh, another part we see grow from him this year. But, you know, it's not going to be forced. He's going to be that guy who's, going to, who's mostly going to lead by example. But I think he'll hold his guys accountable uh, there and helping these young guys c- come along. It'll be even more important now uh, with the news of Jadon Hill, uh, you know, possibly being injured. Um, and, and we'll see, like I said, we'll see where that goes. But if that's true, too, you know, the importance of Kyrie even being that lockdown corner, helping the other guys come along, that's even more important now. So that will – uh do it for all the players that we got to hear from and Todd Grantham late last week. So good stuff from them. A lot of stuff here on the defense uh, and how they're coming together for improvement. So the other news, of course, I think we have to get that came out uh, Friday, I believe as well. Elijah blades and him transferring from Texas, a and M to Florida. And now with this Jadon Hill news guys, if that's the case, um, even more important now. And I know there was a lot of back and forth about a month ago uh, when it was coming out that Blaze was going to be coming to Florida and they're like, oh, we don't need him. We got enough DBs. No, no. Uh, from the get go, I was like, nope, you got to have him. And not because I think he's some special player, but you throw everything at a problem until you can fix it. And what we saw from this defense last year, you can't be turning away players to play and players with with some experience. Now he doesn't have a whole ton of experience. I'll get into that here in just a second. But he's got some experience. And Florida needs look, Florida lost Chester Kimbrough, transferred out. Jahiri Rogers transferred out. Uh then you added Jadarius Perkins. Uh so that one more DB piece there. Uh and I think Florida wants a set number there. So you lost two. They want to bring in two for this year and that's where um that's where Elijah Blades comes in. But now with Hill and you know the the rumors, reports, or you know I don't know how far it's gotten since I've got on, gotten on this episode uh, here of Gators Breakdown, but you know the possibility of Hill being out either for a little while or the whole season of 2021, you need another DB body. So now you add Blades, um, and look. As I said, you throw everything at a problem until it's fixed. There's more competition back there. Competition is a good thing. Competition is a great thing for this defensive backfield. There's a lot of names, a lot of names back there, but we don't know what a whole lot of them can do yet. That's what this fall camp is for. Now he's going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. He'll be joining next week, I believe. So he'll be about a week and a half, two weeks behind everybody else. But similar defenses. Um, he's he you know terminology he'll have to learn a little bit, but he he it's not like a, you know true freshman coming in and play a whole lot of defensive back. At least he's played at least he's played in the SEC. It's not really going to be a surprise for him uh, when you know Florida and Alabama play week 3. <laughs> so uh, you know he's played versus Alabama before at Texas A&M. So uh, but my thing is you can never have too many DBs in today's game. Injuries happen. Uh, transfers look they've worked out in the west in the past for Florida. As we as I have talked about um, there are not many transfer DBs since Mullen's been here, but uh, you know we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Your wide know, receivers have made an impact. John taker makes an impact on the defensive line, but Florida's had a pretty good hit rate on the transfer so far. Elijah Blades, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. He's going to be in that rotation, that second, third quarterback spot on the field. So when Elijah Blades gets on campus and needs to hit the ground ready to go, especially with Hill, uh, and the possibility there of being out, you know, Floyd needs another guy to be able to step up and step up quick. Uh, and this staff supplements well through the transfer portal. And uh, Elijah Blades, one more, but uh, look, former former top 100 player, six games for the Aggies in 2019 That he started six games in 2019 for the Aggies finished with 19 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, three pass breakups. And remember he opted out last year in 2020 Then announced he was going to the NFL draft. That didn't happen. Decided to return for spring. Then he he battled a shoulder injury last fall, and that played a little bit of his role. Played a little role in him sitting out last year as well. So transfer didn't play last year. Played a lot the year before uh, that in the SEC. So like I said, throw everything at a problem until it's fixed. If he doesn't play, you didn't really lose much uh, at all in bringing him in. Uh, at least he's, in, he's another body who has experience. I expect him to play a whole lot uh, there for the Gators uh, this fall. So, all right. There we go. There we go. That would do it here for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know uh, defense is always, always a hot topic right now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, them guys needing to bounce back from disappointing 2020. But, you know, of course they're saying the right things right now. Uh, we'll see where all that goes. But there's things you want to hear uh, a whole lot and a little more uh, little more insight on some of the players uh, there you know, and, and their struggles on last year and maybe what we can expect from some players this year. Those two transfers Tyron Hopper discussed here as guys who look to be big contributors for this 2021 defense. All right, as I said earlier, stick around. If you're Gators Breakdown Plus members, we're going to one more thought there. Uh, that was shared in the Discord chat room. We'll extend that episode. Uh, we'll extend this episode uh, for Gators Breakdown Plus members. Gators Breakdown Plus members, guys and girls out there, I'm your host David Waters. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.